probably received at least one of the following messages recently. Your PayPal account has been suspended, your parcel is awaiting delivery from the distribution centre, or your daughter is messaging from a random phone because there's a problem with hers. If you have received any of those recently, sorry to trigger you. The problem is you don't have a PayPal account, you're not expecting a delivery, and your daughter is literally sitting right next to you. These are just a few examples of the scams which are ripping off Australians to the tune of millions of dollars every day. For some, they're still easy to spot, but not for others, because the scams are increasing in sophistication. And it's leading to what some are calling a scam epidemic. Jared Brody is the Chief Executive Officer of the Consumer Action Law Centre. Welcome to RN Drive. Good afternoon, Sarah. Good afternoon. Why are we seeing a scam epidemic right now? Well, there is. last year it was reported that $4 billion was lost in scam losses by Australia, a double on the previous year. And so the, the effectiveness of scams is, is just growing. Um, and that's why uh, we're seeing more and more um, uh, uh, text messages, calls and other approaches that are fraudulent seeking to take advantage of it because the scam artists and fraudsters know, unfortunately, that it works. As you mentioned, these approaches, these text messages, these um, calls are getting more sophisticated and, and, and really difficult to identify as scams. There are examples where um, the, they're spoofing uh, genuine bank phone numbers, so it looks like a message from your bank. It might even be in the thread of messages that you've had in the past from your bank. Uh, but if you clicked on that link, uh, you're opening yourselves up to uh, those cyber criminals attacking your system, getting access to your personal information, maybe access to your your bank account um, and, and personal details, uh, risking uh, losses, losses of, of thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is economic volatility making all of this worse at the moment, increasing the number of victims, driving people to set up more scams? I think that's part of it. I think the other uh, driver over the last few years has been the high uptake of online commerce, particularly associated with with COVID and lockdowns. There was much more transacting online than there had ever been before and uh, scammers are taking advantage of that. I think one of the big problems at the moment, though, is that I don't think we're uh, investing in the systems that might better protect people against scams. And one of the areas that we're really focused on is the, the banking system and the payment system. If you look at scam losses, they're taking money uh, from people's bank accounts or when they're transacting online. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, um, I don't think there is the right incentive at the moment by our big institutions like the banks to invest in measures to detect and, and prevent um, that those losses for occurring, identifying high-risk transactions, preventing them go, going through before before they are, are, are processed. Um, uh, that really needs to be looked at to improve the safety of the banking and payment system in Australia. Given the increasing sophistication of these scams, are there still any tips you can hand out to people? What do people need to be wary of? Well, as I say, I think that consumer tips and education is is really difficult because these are canny um, scammers and they are sophisticated and it's difficult to protect ourselves. I think what I would say, Sarah, is to, um, unfortunately, the message I would give is to not trust 
messages that you're receiving on, on your phone or calls from people you don't know. Um, and that's an awful state for us to live in, isn't it? If we can't trust <laughs> messages Why that do we, we receive have at these all. things? <laughs> that's right. But I think that's the situation we're, we're in at the moment. Um, and the other thing I would say is that if you have um, identified scams or if it's suffered scam losses is to talk to others about it, or warn your friends about a particular scam, tell your family members, particularly older people who may not be as used to transacting online. If you have lost money, you, you do have the right to make a complaint. So I would be raising it with your bank. In cases, in many cases, we're seeing is that, that banks haven't taken appropriate steps to protect people and are reimbursing people in some instances. Um, and if your bank doesn't uh, reimburse you, you can also make a complaint to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority, which is the independent ombudsman uh, for complaints about banks and financial institutions, including the likes of PayPal and, and those sort of online transaction uh, platforms. Mm. Are you seeing more and more attempts to try and scam you? Some are saying we're in the middle of a scam epidemic. Jared Brody is from the Consumer Action Law Centre and he's with me now on RN Drive. Jared, prevention is better than cure, but what can people do mm. if they realise they have fallen victim? Yeah, well, the first thing to do is uh, make make a complaint to, to your bank because if you act quickly, um, they may be able to get money back. You do have to act quickly, though, um, and they may have uh, not met the standards that are required from, from banks in providing their services with, with due care and skill, and that may uh, mean that they offer you reimbursement. I mean, if you've lost your personal information, um, you should take steps to protect it. I, I would uh, encourage people to look up the website site ID Care, which is the uh, national charity that really focuses on uh, victims of uh, financial crime and identity theft. Uh, they've got a range of tools and resources uh, available for for people who are affected and they can offer support over the phone as well. You know, about getting back in control of your personal information and, and taking steps to, to get um, re replacement documents as well. Speaking of deception, this isn't quite the same as scams, but what do you make of the consumer watchdog cracking down on influencers not disclosing advertised or commercial content? Oh, it's something I really welcome. Um, influencers are advertisers and marketers, obviously, um, in many cases, but they're not necessarily uh, disclosing that fact. Uh, they're not, uh, people might assume that um, they're, you know, they're promoting this product because it's, they use it as a good product and are hide, hiding the fact that, in fact, they're getting a kickback or a commission or a payment from the, the product provider. Um, and I think that if people to have um, trust in the marketplace, they should know the, the truth of the situation, uh, to know that there is um, those sort of uh, payments going on. And so then they can make a full assessment about whether they will take up uh, the services that might be promoted by by influencers. I mean, all, all, all power to influencers if they want to, you know, sell products, but they should do it transparently and disclose um, what's going on. This has come up in the wake of the appointment of Taryn Bromfitt as Australian of the Year. Uh, the Australian, the newspaper, was reporting today that she might not have been completely upfront with her followers about who's sponsoring her content on social media. Are there rules about how influencers need to signpost their commercial relationships? Do you need to say it in every post? Is there a sponsored content line that you need to have? 
Yeah, well, the Australian consumer law prohibits um, uh, misleading and deceptive conduct. Uh, so it's a broad prohibition that it's principles-based that it, it encourages businesses to think, you know, is this statement that I'm putting out, am I am I misleading anyone? Am I am I being deceptive? And so it really should encourage those influencers to think about it and, and think about what they should be disclosing um, rather than setting out prescriptive rules. But that said, the ACCC has put out its guidance about what it thinks businesses should be doing to ensure that they are not infringing that prohibition on misleading and deceptive conduct. And so that does include things like saying it's a sponsored uh, post. Um, That is a a useful signpost to the average person that sees um, a post to know that um, there is a, a commercial relationship going on. Jared Brody, so interesting. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. Jared Brody is the CEO of the Consumer Action Law Centre. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.